Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome back to the Barbell Medicine Podcast. I'm Dr. Jordan Feigenbaum. Today on episode 253, we're going to talk about some weird science. Weird science. Now, after yesterday's Thanksgiving holiday, you might be feeling like you're carrying around a food baby. That's mostly a joke, but there's some weird science that suggests carrying around increased weight might help folks lose weight due to the effect of gravity, or as the researchers call it, the gravitostat theory. Researchers from Sweden suggest the body uses gravity as a regulator of body weight and body fat. They call it the gravitostat, which is derived from the Latin gravis, meaning heavy, and status, meaning stable. The idea is that specific cells in the bones and elsewhere sense the amount of weight being carried around. As the theory goes, specialized cells in the bone that are called osteocytes sense when a heavier load is placed upon the weight-bearing bones for long periods of time during the day. The cells then release one or more signaling hormones, like osteocalcin or lipocalin 2, that affect areas of the brain involved in hunger and satiety, or feelings of fullness, thereby reducing hunger. Overall, the gravitostat theory suggests that the bones are sort of an endocrine organ because it releases hormones that create an effect at a distant organ, in this case, the brain. Before we get into what sort of science supports this theory, let's take a step back and consider why this sort of mechanism may be advantageous in the first place. One of the more popular models for human body weight regulation is the dual intervention point model. In this framework, there are upper and lower boundaries in weight that the human body defends itself against going past, but little regulation occurs between the upper and lower limit. The lower limit is established to prevent starvation, whereas the upper limit is defined by the risk of predation. The lower limits are relatively similar from individual to individual and seem to be mostly regulated by leptin, a hormone released from the fat tissue. When energy reserves stored in the form of fat get low, less leptin is released from the fat tissue, which is thought to stimulate an increase in appetite, reduced satiety or feelings of fullness, and a number of other processes. The upper limit in this model are more variable. Dr. Speakman, the dual intervention point model's creator, suggests that obesity rates have been climbing as a result of the upper intervention point becoming more variable over time, resulting in many individuals with much higher upper limits as a consequence of predation risk being so low for the last 2 million years. Because there's so little regulation between the upper and lower limits, a change in the food environment, where cheap, tasty, high-calorie foods that don't fill you up are everywhere, that would produce predictable results, increased weight and fat mass in those who didn't win the genetic lottery. Multiple lines of evidence support this genetic difference leading to different outcomes. For example, most people eat a bit more food over the holidays, resulting in about a 1-2 to two pound gain during the holiday season, running from mid-November to early January. Studies that have investigated this relationship show that the weight gain is greater in individuals with overweight or obesity than those without, suggesting that some may be more vulnerable to increased calorie intake than others. Studies looking at this phenomenon have also shown that physical activity levels and self-monitoring behaviors like weighing yourself daily or something like that mostly stay the same during this period, suggesting that genetics are a key source of this vulnerability difference. In support of this, consider a study of 12 pairs of identical adult male twins who were admitted to a research facility where they consumed a diet that was 1,000 calories per day above maintenance every day, every week, for 100 days. 
At the end of the study, body weight had increased by an average of 8 kilograms during the overfeeding period, consisting of about 65% fat mass and 35% lean mass. While each pair of twins had nearly identical results with respect to the amount of weight gained and changes in body composition, the amount of weight gained was vastly different between different pairs of twins, with the twins who gained the least amount of weight gaining about 4.3 kilograms, and the twins who gained the most amount of weight, that was 13.3 kilograms. That's a huge difference. All were eating the same surplus, but the amount of weight they gained was vastly different. Overall changes among related twins were very similar to each other, but markedly different from others. Taken together, it seems clear that in a given environment, genetics play an important role in regulating body weight, both between the lower and upper intervention points and the upper intervention point itself. That means that between the upper and lower limit, genetics are going to play a big role. And then also what that upper limit is, genetics are also going to play a big role there. The regulation of the upper limit itself in this model has usually been attributed to leptin, where an increase in energy stored as fat increases blood levels of leptin, which would then cause a decrease in appetite, an increase in satiety, and overall reduce body weight. However, multiple studies on leptin, even giving people high doses of leptin from the drug metroleptin, show little effect on energy intake. Outside of the rare case of congenital leptin deficiency or leptin receptor deficiency, no clinically relevant application for leptin in obesity management has been demonstrated at this time. And that's really where the gravitostat theory comes in, where heavier body weight costs more energy to move around the environment and the weight-bearing bones themselves sensing the body weight and causing this sort of feedback loop where you end up eating less food, feeling full sooner, and ultimately reducing body weight and body fat to defend against going past the upper limit. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. After going to the gym, what's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? For me, I'd probably do some more reading or get outside of nature, maybe both. Whether we're talking about training, a dietary change, or just life, the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you. Therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. Of course, therapy isn't a single thing per se, but working with a licensed therapist may be helpful for many folks to learn positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, and overall empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suit you, the individual. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash barbellpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash barbellpod for 10% off your first month. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So what does the science say about the gravitostat theory? As recently as 2018, the only data available on the gravitostat theory was in rodent models. One study actually implanted capsules weighing 15% of the rodent's body weight into their abdomens, whereas the control rodents had an empty capsule of equal size implanted. After two weeks, about 80% of the added capsule weight was lost in the rodents with the heavy capsule, and these rodents actually weighed about the same as the controls, despite still having the heavy capsule implanted. 
In a similar study, rats were overfed to make them obese and then again implanted with a heavy capsule. Again, it weighed about 15% of their body weight, whereas control rats were implanted with empty capsules who were lean because they were not overfed. After three weeks in this study, the control rats were at or above their starting weight, whereas the rats who were given or implanted with the heavy capsule lost 13% of their body weight. Now, these were the first two papers I ever saw discussing the gravitostat theory. I remember sending it to Austin, and he responded with a text saying, quote, weird. I agreed and thought it would be interesting to see if this effect could be observed in humans, maybe through the use of a weighted vest or something like that. And it turns out a few recent studies did just that in recent years, so we can talk about it. One study had 10 adults that wore a weighted vest weighing 13.4% of their body weight for a week, and then those same 10 adults basically went another week without wearing the vest. They wore the vest for about eight hours per day, and they basically rated their hunger, how much they craved snacks, and what their peak hunger was throughout the day um, each day for the week. Mean hourly ratings for hunger and snack cravings, as well as daily peak hunger, were slightly lower in the vest condition, but they didn't really test anything else, meaning that they didn't actually track stuff like energy intake, how full were they, uh, how, what did their weight do, things of that nature. Another study took 36 adults with obesity and they had them wear a weight vest weighing 11% of their body weight for eight hours per day. And they compared them with 33 other adults with obesity wearing a weight vest weighing 1% of their body weight. I guess they were trying to investigate, hey, is there anything to the weight vest itself, even if it doesn't weigh anything? Anyway, the study lasted for three weeks and those wearing the heavier weight vest lost three and a half pounds, while the light vest group only lost a half pound. The heavy vest group also lost 4% more fat mass though fat-free mass was unchanged between groups. And a third and final study took 37 older individuals aged 65 to 79. Just pause for a sec. Can you imagine having grandma or granddad wearing a weight vest? I don't know. Maybe that would be cool. But in any case, they took these older individuals aged 65 to 79 with obesity and put them through a 22-week dietary intervention targeting 10% weight loss. Diet-wise, that means they had these folks eating between 1,100 to 1,300 calories per day, and half of them, in addition, wore a weight vest that weighed 15% of their body weight, with a goal to wear it 10 hours per day. First off, they wore it on average of about 6 hours per day. Uh, both groups lost weight, about 11 kilograms, in this 22-week study, but there were no significant differences between group in the amount of weight that they lost. Similarly, waist circumference decreased in both groups by about 7 centimeters, again with no significant differences between groups. And body fat also decreased about 3% in both groups. Again, there were no significant differences between groups. So what's the bottom line with the gravitostat theory? To me, the gravitostat theory is interesting, if not a little weird. And I think it's as reasonable as any other candidate to be one of the mechanisms for how the upper intervention point model is enforced by the body. But I'm not convinced that it's the best candidate. And I should say that I'm also not sure that figuring out the mechanism matters much currently. The reason I say that is because the human data is not particularly compelling that this information is actionable or even effective at managing obesity. First, the only long-term study to date showed no weight or fat loss benefits to wearing the vest daily for 22 weeks. The other study in humans investigating weight loss was short at three weeks, but it's not like they lost a large amount of weight in that time when we compare it to other lifestyle changes involving diet and exercise. Second, it's possible that the additional weight loss in the short-term study was due to increased energy costs of schlepping around the weight vest, basically turning it into a form of like chronic exercise. I'd buy that, but I think that other forms of exercise are far more effective, not only for weight loss, but plenty of other weight-independent benefits. Think about improved muscle strength, improved muscle size, improved cardiorespiratory fitness, things of that nature. 
there's a lot of other tools and instruments we can use to improve those things far better than a weight vest can. And third, I find it pretty unlikely that a ton of people are going to go out there and start wearing weighted vests around the clock. I could be wrong. I just don't see it happening. Between the limited evidence in general and the existing data showing relatively poor efficacy, I don't think that wearing a weighted vest is likely to help in obesity management. I also don't think it's a terribly great tool for exercise, although it's certainly better than nothing. But that doesn't mean that the gravitostat theory is wrong and that it won't lead to future discoveries down the road. For example, if we find out the hormones secreted by the bone and that they do reliably affect the hunger centers in the brain, those could be new targets for anti-obesity medications, just to name one possible benefit. Okay, that's it for this episode of the Barbell Medicine Podcast. Thanks for listening. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.